You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lou Need, and today... You know what? We make friends in the process of podcasting. And I have met Terry about a couple of months ago, and I am honored to bring her on the show. I've been on a podcast about twice now, and it's an honor to have her come on this show. And we're going to treat her very nice. Her name is Terry Kajala. She is a transformational life strategist, the founder of Creative Counseling Center. She is a premier success coach with eWoman Network and a coach with Forbes. Nancy, I am going to pick her brain today about all things transformation. She has combined her counseling background with energy psychology and applied the principles of quantum physics, y'all, to transform people's lives by clearing the unconscious blocks that hold us back. We are going to geek out about physics, <laughs> psychology. So with no further ado, Terry, welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. It is such a delight to be back here. You have yeah. such fun, vibrant energy. I love it. Let's do that. <laughs> As do you, my friend. It's exciting. And I was, we're talking offline for a second. You know, if anyone is watching this, they, they see Terry. She is just gorgeous. And every time I meet with her, you know, I had to ask her, do you wake up like this? <laughs> I love it. She, she had to get into it because we're going to talk about how do you get up, dress up and show up. And she really was talking about the essential of feeling good. When you feel good, you look good, you show up in your life ready for the opportunities because you have to be prepared. And she does that very well. So, Terry, go ahead and walk us through your journey thus far. Yeah. Really quickly, kind of the backstory. Um, you know, I was I had a really powerful impacted experience when I was in elementary school that changed the trajectory of my life. I became a peer counselor as a result of that. And then um, I went into the therapy world, opened a private practice shortly after, grew it to become an owner-independent company. And that really gave me the freedom to step into what I feel called to do, which is here, being here with you. And um, just you know, being a resource to women and female entrepreneurs to really clear out the blocks that are holding us back, but also to... you know teach the tools around energy and energy psychology and quantum physics about how we can actually create more ease into our lives and um, do so with fun and enjoyment, right? And so I absolutely love um, what I'm doing now and really just being a service to, you know, women and female entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's fantastic. We're happy that you are here. Now you started early, peer counseling since high school. What triggered that? You know, so honestly, it was just a random draw of cards. And I just, you know, again, I, when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was like, so like kind of a divine intervention, if you will. Um, I was joking that I wanted to become, when I was at the, you know, my sophomore year in high school, I wanted to be either, I wanted to be a cosmetologist or I wanted to be an undercover detective in New York City. Um, and I came from no man's land, Kansas. Okay. You know, my closest neighbor was three and a half miles away. So I just was like, I was like, my mom always said, you know, you are a city girl stuck in a country girl's life. And I'm like, I know, like I've always <laughs> been seeking more, right? Anywho, um, when my girlfriend, um, I was friends with a, um, 
one of the, I guess I, I would say the popular girls in school and her dad picked three boys and three girls to become trained as peer counselors. <laughs> so I was luckily enough to be picked as one of those. And I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was just powerful. So in sophomore year in high school, we were being trained with at Washburn University, which is kind of the wow. mecca of, you know, you know, social work and counseling. And so we would go and have these intensive, you know, trainings, which, you know, just really sped up, you know, kind of my resume building, if you will. And then, mm -hmm. so I was a sophomore and in the fifth and sixth grade, I was over in charge of the fifth and sixth grade. So I'd pop over there, have lunch with them. Hey, do you have any, do you have any concerns? You know, most of it was around friendships. Like she's mad at me and this is this and bigger, bigger and all this stuff, stuff. But, you know, kind of helped them create, you know, conflict resolution. Yeah. And but one day, one of the girls, um, one of the fifth grade girls came up to me and said that her sixth grade friend was going to commit suicide. Oh. And she had shared with me that she had a plan that, you know, her parents were going away out of town and, that she was going to kill herself um, that Friday night and tell the babysitter she was sleeping and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We ended up intervening, getting her, you know, hospitalized. And, you know, as a sophomore, that like, that experience, like changed the trajectory of my life. Like mm -hmm. it truly did. And it just was like, ah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You, you know? saved and the I, life. Yeah. And it was just really, it was really powerful. And it was just like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I did have to, I had to overcome some other like, crazy adversity um, to get myself there. I was a first time generation, first generation college student. So there were some challenges within that, you know, and then I went on to my master's degree and, and then kind of the, the rest is history, but it really just, I started very early on just wanting to help and how can I, you know, lend a listening ear. And then it kind of evolved over the years. And then as it evolved, you know, I found a lot of entrepreneurs were coming to me and saying, Hey, like you've built a successful business. Can you help me? And can you do this? And then you know, in the beginning, I started just doing regular coaching. It was back in like, I don't know, 2010, 2011. And I was really frustrated because a lot of people just weren't, you know, I was actually, I had like manuals and I actually literally laid it out that you do this step, this step, this yeah. step. And I got really frustrated because people were not taking action. And I'm like, I can't make this any simpler. <laughs> but what I found was that we all have this head trash that didn't, that gets in our way. I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, um, I'm not smart enough. All the limiting beliefs, the self-sabotage, like was insane. The imposter syndrome, the, you know, getting stuck in overwhelm because I have so many different hats and I don't know what to do. And, yeah. and just really just being stuck in fear and just not being able to move past that. And so that's kind of when everything, you know, really kind of clicked for me it was like, wow, like, this is a real issue. So I've been able to combine all of that counseling experience with the, with the energy psychology and then applying fun energy concepts so that people can create, you know, on demand. So, yeah. you know, I always tell people I don't have a magic wand because if I did, I would cure the world in 32 seconds and I would go and design handbags. Like <laughs> that's my, that's my next, like that's plan B for me, designing <laughs> handbags. Um, so, but it really just, there can be an easier way, right? I just yeah. excited to be able to like, Let's just incorporate some more ease into our life because I myself was addicted to the struggle. I understand the struggle. I am very well, well of the struggle. I mean, I can go back from day one and just feeling like life was a struggle. And just some of the things that I had overcome to get to where I am at today is, is pretty powerful. And it's just, it becomes like almost addictive in a really fun way of like, oh, let's, let's see what we get to create today. Let's see what we right. get to play with today. You know, the struggle, the struggle is real, but you found a way to simplify it and make it a lot easier. And we're going to talk about that a little bit because I know 
you started your background as you used to do counseling, you used to do therapy, um, psychotherapy, talk therapy. What was the struggle then? And let's to list as we progress into what's different from what you're doing today. Yeah, I think, um, and when you asked the struggle when I was a therapist, like I think one of the things that I found early on in the therapy world, I will probably be the first therapist that you meet would say, you know, I just found there was easier ways. I had lots of clients that were coming in that had been in therapy for, you know, 27, 28 years. Yeah. And they could talk the talk and talk the story, but they weren't like, they were still having panic attacks every day. They were still having all this other stuff. And so I quickly learned that there was other processes that if we tapped into it, we could actually shift things very quickly. Right. And like, you know, phobia, like we're just gone in like a matter of minutes. I literally was just working with a client um, the other day with a a severe phobia and with like 15 minutes, we were able to eliminate the phobia and actually find gratitude and grace with it. So as I started learning more and more of these tools, I then started saying, wow, there's an easier way. And what if I started playing with this more? So then I started playing with it more and more and then moving into, like I said, to working with entrepreneurs and like, oh, let's, let's look at this. Let's see the impact. And now, I mean, I loved working with the clients for, you know, personal issues and things like that. Um, you know, they would come in with multiple panic attacks and they would leave with no panic, ta- panic attacks. And we could see the, we could see the growth and the transformation in that. But what I really enjoyed now is taking with business owners is like, okay, I'm coming with the imposter syndrome, which is holding me back. And it's not allowing me to bust through this next level of financial gain or a financial whatever. And yeah. so now it's like, we can say, okay, wow, when you came and start, started seeing me, you were making, you have a client right now, she's making 1.2 million. And we just got her to the place of 2.8 million in the last, you know, I don't know, six months here. That we've been playing together with and it's just really fun and literally we just tweaked a couple things in her life we got rid of the imposter syndrome because every time she was showing up kind of like we were talking about earlier she was showing up insignificant she was showing up like oh my gosh who am i what if yeah. what if this is not about me oh my gosh like i don't know what i'm doing i just bought this company like what am i you know and so as soon as we like shifted that energy so not only shifted that mindset but shifted the energy of that it was such a game changer for her. And so I like to say to people, like sometimes a little tiny shift can make all the difference. And it doesn't have to be these huge, you know, epiphanies. It can just be like a little tiny 1% change, right? Because 1%, if we're in the boats and we make one degree change, you know, in a couple of miles, we are like so far away from where we started at. It's powerful. It's potent. Yeah. Let's talk about that little, um, that little shift. What's an example of that one degree shift that you, you believe in so, um, so wholeheartedly. And so do I, and, and we're speaking, you're speaking my language. And I do believe that the mental blockage is the problem for a lot of growth and scaling in businesses. So what is the, an example of that 1%? You know, it could just be like literally just being kind to ourselves, right? Like instead of beating ourselves up, right. And just being like, okay, instead of, beating myself up every time I, I do something that, you know, that I see as quote wrong or bad, right? There's no wrongness or badness about it, right? If we just, you know, if we choose to, you know, honor our words and, you know, be kind to ourselves, right? It could be simple as that. It could be as simple as this is um like the other day I was on my um I have a group coaching call and um, you know, I, I said, what if we could ditch the judgment? Mm-hmm. You know, like ju- judgments of ourselves and judgment of others. If we can ditch that, and I actually showed through like this muscle testing exercise, like how powerful our thoughts are when we're judging somebody else and when we're judging ourselves, 
And, you know, that can have such a ripple effect on all aspects of our lives because when we're judging other people, you know, the energy that we are taking to expel out is not necessarily an energy that's helping us, you know, propel forward, right? It's just counterintuitive and anything that we're, you know, trying to create, it's chopping us down at the knees again. And so just that one little thing of just, you know, being mindful of our judgments, you know, and I usually will have people like cancel out the judgment. And so then once they cancel out the judgment, then we can ask a generative question like, you know, what else is possible so that we open ourselves back up to the possibility again, we open ourselves back up to the energy that's, you know, flowing through into us, you know? And so it starts with our words, I believe, you know, Mm. our words are so powerful and we have to be mindful of those words. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely words can either destroy or words can you know be here to create yeah. and, and blossom and manifest into ma- amazing things yeah there's a bible verse it keeps coming back to me as you as i heard you speak is the power of life is in your tongue life or death the power of life or death is in your tongue right so th- that's why we we practice affirmations in the morning or throughout the day to kind of reprogram the mind because we've been programmed mm-hmm. at a such young age that we're living by this programming. We don't even know, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like we're, we're hypnotized by our own programming. And so we have to, on a deeper level, change that subconscious mind. And so how do you do it? Are we talking neurolinguistic? Are we talking RTT? How do you get your clients to tap into that? Yeah. So I do, a, I usually kind of a, a combination of things. And so I, I obviously talk into my intuition, kind of what they are coming into. So I pull from some of the tapping from EFT. I've done some of the Donna Eden's work. I've pulled from access consciousness, you know, NLP. So I've pulled from kind of different realms. And then I kind of let my, my intuition kind of guide me in the process when, and sometimes I'll have clients record sessions because they're like, that was so good. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't like, that was just like total straight download. Like that was good. Like, and I, sometimes I've taken notes on my own, what I've said, I'm like, that was good. Like that was good. <laughs> Cause it is like, this is a, you know, when we're opening ourselves up, you know, to this, this process of transformation, it's not only for the client, but it's just, it's like, there's like this dual process that's happening, you know, and it's, it's so juicy on so many levels. So yeah, I, co- I incorporate um, many different modalities, if you will, you know, just really helping support, you know, what is their story? What is their transformation? Yeah, I, I like the piece that you said we open ourselves up to the source so that it does flow through us. Um, so mm-hmm. that when we are talking, I find it we, even with, with clients or just interacting with people, sometimes if a message is for them, it just straight up downloaded uh, from somewhere that you don't even know. So if, so if someone wants to trust that more, if someone wants to tap into that, what are some of the principles they got to put in place? You know, you got to quiet the mind, silence the mind. Like, what are some things to put in place to actually feel that connection? You know, sometimes I will just have them ask powerful questions, right? And just like tapping back into it. I just think that like, when I I think about what you're asking me here is like about the intuition, right? And we have done such a disservice because I know growing up, I never was taught intuition. I didn't know about this until I was an adult. And I was like, wait, what is this? You know, and I had like little like, you know, downloads throughout, but I didn't even realize they were that until like much later in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we've done such a disservice by not allowing ourselves to really trust that inner knowing. And, and we all have it, you know, and sometimes just a hand to the heart and just asking the question, you know, my body, what is it that I'm refusing to hear? My body, what is it that you are trying to tell me? Like, 
you know, what is that that I know that I'm refusing to know, you know, whatever that might be, whatever question that is, is just silence the mind and allow that. But I do think that it is a it is a muscle that needs to be activated on a regular basis. It can't just, you know, the more you use it, the stronger it becomes, right? Like anything, like even if we're, you know, out running, like, you know, if we are training for a marathon, we're just not going to necessarily wake up and run a marathon, you know, it takes some some training and takes some tapping back into and trusting. So I think um, one of the ways is just asking the question and letting, you know, and silencing ourselves for a moment enough to receive that. But I also encourage people if they're not familiar with kinesiology or muscle testing, that's another great way of building, in my opinion, building up that intuition because we can ask questions. Um, you can, there's tons of ways, um, you know, to muscle test. So the listeners that are listening, if you don't know what I'm talking about, do a quick Google search, right? But there's lots of different ways. Um, there's a sway test, which is kind of an easy one to learn. And then you can ask questions, right? Um, yeah. I will usually do a, what I call a blind um, test, which means I will put um, what I'm testing on a post-it note and then cover it up so I can't see what I'm testing and then I'll test something against it with like something, nothing. So like, so if I'm testing between two things, I might put the two yeah. things on there. Or if I'm testing like, Oh, you know, I had the speaking engagement come up and they wanted to book me for June or they were booking me for July. And I might test between the two months, right. See which one is a stronger pool. Right. So you can start doing that. And what I have found is that when we start to use these kind of an outside sort um, a tool like this, a muscle testing, what it does is starts to reinforce like our knowingness and it just kind of brings it back in like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was, I was getting a hit on that or I was doing this or, and the more we do this, my experience and the experience with my clients is that it sharpens that response and we kind of start to move, move into what I call more the sensing where it's like, I just feel it like, mm-hmm. yep, that's it. You know, for me, I yawn. So if I ask myself a question and I get a yawn, it's like a yes. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, but we start to sharpen that and it really allows us to tap back into that knowing and trusting. And pretty soon we don't have to do like the external, like, you know, muscle testings. We just, it's now fully present in our bodies and we just know it. Yeah. So it's just kind of a way of working, you know, reworking that muscle that's been fatigued because we have cell phones and we have technology. And so instead of looking for the answer within, we go, okay, let's go look and see what, you know, so-and-so will say about this, you know? Yeah. It's building that confidence. Um, like you said, it is a muscle that needs to be activated and, and yeah. worked on. And and I, what you're referring to is just like everything, your answers that you need are within. Yep. Agreed. They're inside you. Um, Thomas Jefferson says, never go to sleep without giving the subconscious mind something to mull over or to work on while you're sleeping. And that's because that's the subconscious mind is going to give you the answers that you need. So yeah. that that is um, well put. Tell us about limiting beliefs and anxiety, the correlation. The limiting beliefs and anxiety. Yes. Okay. So the first kind of like eight years of our life, you know, everything is kind of being formed, our conscious, our subconscious and all of that stuff. And so those messages that we've received during that time has a huge impact on everything else and how the brain develops. You know, I used to study with Dr. Bruce Perry and he was kind of the brain guru of like how um, a reptilian part of our brain forms all the way up to our frontal cortex, right? And so if there has been trauma, whether it's type one, type two, doesn't matter what type of trauma, if there was any type of trauma, the brain forms based on that programming, if you will. And it goes all the way up to the frontal cortex of our brain. And so if we're off, 
the brain forms in kind of the off state. And that's, it's not, I I don't say that to be like, you know, like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? The great thing is is the brain is reprogrammable. And so we can always reprogram it, um, it, which is the great saving grace here. So we will often take on, you know, a belief. And most of the time I have found that beliefs or thoughts or, you know, we were told something then we, with our little minds, right? Because we are we are so open and curious to the world, we take it on and we try to give it meaning. And when we try to give it meaning, it may not have been the right meaning because we were so young and trying yeah. to trying to decipher it, trying to make sense of it. Like you know, for example, like a kid going through you know a parents getting divorced. Like I can kind of wrap my head around that, but I can't really, you know. So we try to make these old stories up, and and if we don't have all the information, what we'll do is fantasy fill. And then we create this information. And, and over time, that information gets reinforced, you know, and it gets reinforced and reinforced. And then we go through life with certain belief systems that oftentimes we're not put there by ourselves. I would say the majority of the time they were put there by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and we bought the lie because we didn't know that it was a lie. We didn't know that it wasn't our truth. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've taken on some other, when I was a kid, how many I took on other people's belief systems because I just didn't know, right? We're suggestible at that age. You're so suggestible. And you're like, okay, I can't remember. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Like I always joke with my brothers. Like I looked up to my brothers and I thought that my brothers were like, like I had them on such a massive pedestal. And they lied to me all the time, <laughs> right? And they lied to me with misinformation. And still, you know, it's so funny. I, was, I met my husband in college. And at one point we were eating a fruit cocktail you know what that is? Like, it's like all these like fruits and stuff that they put in like a can, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I'm eating like, you know, I'm picking out and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, the mystery fruit. And he goes, what's the mystery fruit? I'm like, the squares. He's like, you know, the squares are actually pears. And I'm like, what? I thought they were mystery fruit. <laughs> That's what my brother told me. Like, right? Like, I didn't know they, I, I had like, they just told me that that was the mystery fruit. And I was like, okay. Like, so yeah. it's still in my 20s. I thought that the fruit cocktail, um, the squares in the fruit cocktail was, was the mystery fruit. You know, I had no, like, I didn't even like try to attempt to put in, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's silly, but I, right? Like, I just, that's like a, like a, a funny example of just like, you know, these stories, right? So anyhow, so we go through. And so these, a lot of times when, you know, depending on what the circumstances around these belief systems or what we were told you know, they can create anxiety, they can create depression, they can create whatever that might be, right? And so I think sometimes we get kind of locked into these belief systems and we get triggered. And a lot of times our triggers or and again, going back to small traumas, big traumas, we can get triggered, which is, you know, creating the anxiety, right? Um, I was just clearing out somebody the other day had a severe car accident 19 years ago, 19 years ago, severe car accident. She's not been able to drive since then in inclement weather, whether it's raining, snowing, whatever, without just like this wave of anxiety that comes over her because of the situation. And then what she's done is she's created this really great story about this. Mm-hmm. And she's then anchored that in. And now she has all these belief systems that if I drive, I will die, you know? And so it creates such a massive amount of panic for her and anxiety that comes up for her. And so she white knuckles it every day, like literally every day she drives. And I was like, this is time. Like it's, you've carried this for 19 years. Like you've done your work. Good for you. Let's be done with this. Right. And so, you know, we got to really, you know, clear that out for her, but it is like everything is interconnected. Everything is 
connected in the brain. And yeah. so, you know, the, the work is, you know, clearing those out and, and breaking those um, neurological patterns yeah. in the brain to clear those out. To create new ones. Yeah, because you're, you're right. People really do get stuck in that space. Like it's a mental blockage, literally, yeah. where you are living, reliving it, the experience, the emotions, right? Because emotion is energy, emotion. So it's reliving that feeling all over again. Although you are not five or eight years old anymore, you are 38, you are 50 years old, but whenever that emotion or you go, you get triggered, it takes you right back and the brain doesn't know the difference. So yeah. in the brain's mind, you are actually experiencing something that happened when you were eight years old. And so your body's just reacting to protect itself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's scary. Yeah. And that's why these blocks needs to be removed. I've had a couple of them removed myself and I work with clients as well to do the same, but it, it really is hindering you. It's almost like a cap. And a lot of us don't, a lot of people are not aware of it. And that's what, what you do is so amazing because you can actually help people um, relieve that. Now for you, how long is the process when a client comes see you, depending on what it is? Yeah, it depends on what it is, like phobias and like really like one time like this happened, blank, it can be really quick. I mean, it could be, you know, like just the other day, it was like 15 minutes and it was like, we had gone through like seven different aspects of it because I was like, okay, I want to make sure that we really got this out, you know? And so it can be really quickly. I just, even the last couple of years, like I have just like been receiving so many downloads as I'm sure you and some of your listeners have been receiving. And it's like, wow, like we are infinite beings. And mm -hmm. what if, what if it didn't have to take years? What if it didn't have to take weeks? What if it didn't have to take minutes? You know, and so really expanding ourselves to say, you know what, our brains are so capable of healing. Our brains are so capable of transformation that what if it doesn't have to take that long? You know, and sometimes, you know, I'm working with folks, it's, sometimes it's just minutes or it's seconds. It's like, okay, let's just remove this. Like, let's just, let's, but the important thing is, is yes, let's remove it you know, remove that block, but also let's replace it. What are we replacing it with? What are we creating with? You know, because if, if we're removing something, we want it, we, it's the right thing to do is to replace it with something that we're going to be, you know, creating and generating from that. And like, that's when, you know, we tap into our superpowers. That's when we tap into what's in alignment with that person that says, yep, this is where I'm, this is where I'm heading, you know, yeah. because I always ask the question, you know, who are you becoming, right? Because, you know, where you're at right now, everything in your life at this moment is you're in alignment with, vibrationally right? in alignment with, you're in, you know, on a kind of a soul level, like you're in alignment with that. But who you are becoming, that next phase is outside of that, you know? Yeah. And so who do we get to become? And that becomes like the, the dissonance that we have to overcome and go through and expand into in order to hit that next level, if you will, or, yeah. you know, to grow into that where we feel called to go, you know, yeah. to level up. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you because with the even habits, and we talk a lot about habits is you can't break a habit. You have to replace a bad habit, right? You got to put something else in its place. Why? Because the brain created it to solve a problem. Yes. Right? It's protection. It's protecting you from anxiety, from too much information overload to help you cope whatever has happened. So when the brain formation you were talking about earlier that takes place, it's designed in a way to protect you. That's what the brain is there to do. And so with any habits or with replacing those, those phobias or those anxiety, you have to get rid of them, eradicate them, but replace them. How do you go about the replacing process? 
the replacing process, like, so, you know, based on the kind of the, the targets and the goals of the client, you know, and like, where do we get to reshape this, you know? And so oftentimes it's, sometimes it's the opposite, right? And so if they're, you know, feeling like I'm not enough, then it's like, okay, how do we create and invite in? And I love inviting in the evidence of that I am enough, right? Or whatever that might be that we're replacing it with. So it really kind of is customized to that person. But, you know, a lot of times it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite of what they were carrying on with and we're replacing it with the new. The new improved, right? And I truly believe, and I want your listeners to hear this, is that I don't think there's ever anything, quote, wrong with anyone. There's nothing to be fixed, right? It's really just about, it's taking off the layers mm-hmm. of what's already there. There's, I love the, you've probably heard about the Golden Buddha, right? I just love that story. So in 1957, the monks were in the process of moving this clay, large clay Buddha from one location to the next. And the Buddha slipped and part of the outer clay cracked. And so the Buddha that was in charge of it went down and shined the light light on to make sure it was okay and everything was super distraught and upset that this happened. And when he was shining the flashlight on it, he saw something shining back. Well, in further discovery, what they they discovered was that it was a five and a half feet tall, or sorry, 10 and a half tons. And it was $250 million at the time um, of net worth of a golden, gigantic golden Buddha. And so what they think happened was that the Burmese were going to invade um, Thailand. And so the monks at the time had covered up this beautiful, really work of art and painted it to make it look worthless, right? And so I think about like that, like we are all born this like beautiful golden Buddha going through life. But unfortunately, we have experienced either some that we've put it there ourselves, but majority of the time it's been put by there by somebody else. And they were putting clay on us hiding us away from the world. They were painting us to make us look worthless. But honestly, like it's the process that we're talking about, and it, it sounds like the work that you do as well, is that we're taking off the clay. We're taking off all the stuff that's not longer serving us and really allowing ourselves to shine in our brilliance. And each and every one of us have a different gift. And um, there's enough for all of us. The world's abundant. There's, you know, there's enough clients and enough people to go around for all, all right. of us to be of service and to, you know, serve other people. Well put. Well put, Terry. Now, how do you do that? How do you get up, dress up and show up, right? How do you show up for yourself every day and show up for your clients every day? Yeah. So I have two routines. I have a morning routine and I have an evening routine. And so I love starting with the evening routine because I think it sets me up for success. So I, yeah. I would like start there. But I, you know, I talk about at night, you know, like having stepping into our power. And so I have a P-O-W-E-R. So power is, is like planning everything out. So I have a daily intentions planner and I actually plan out my night the night before so that I don't, I'm engaging the brain to start solving the challenges, to start solving, you know, whatever is coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it puts me in ahead of the game because oftentimes I'll put down like, I need to call you know, so-and-so that person has either called me or left me a voicemail or whatever. And it was just, it's like, Oh, I didn't have to do that. Like it was just yeah. so easy. Yeah. And so that planning part is really important. So I do that the last 45 minutes of the night. And I'm talking about when I'm talking about my, my evening, I always the last 45 minutes of the night, 30 minutes of the night, and then POWER. So P is for plan. O is for observe. So I, inside that planner, I talk about observing the evidence. What has shown up during the day that I'm going to not document? Like this is this was easy. This was, you know, my evidence that this came in or whatever that might be. 
And then W is for writing. I write out gratitude. I love writing, you know, gratitude for all the things and all the people in my life. And that might just be one thing that I focus on, or it might be a multiple thing of it. But the most important thing with that is just tapping into the energy of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like really getting yourself in the place of gratitude for that. And then E is for energy work. So I'll I'll wrap up with a couple of different energy, maybe some energetic questions or I call them generative questions. Like, you know, I might even, you know, why is it so easy for me to blank? Um, And it's just, it's just one of those questions that starts to activate, if you will, the molecules of the universe to say, I don't know, why is that? And then it starts to show up for me. So it's just another place and space to start to create that. And then um, R is for, for me is realign my brain. So I'll do a kind of a brain exercise to make sure that my brain's on track. But I also listen to various music or kind of like recentering um, music for my brain while I'm sleeping. Binomial beats. Yeah, yeah, yes. And then in the morning when I wake up, I talk about, um, you know, starting your day in impact. So I am P-A-C-T. Mm-hmm. You know, the I is, it's about envisioning. So I do like a little visualization. I coupled this with, I did a recording of my my perfect day. And what does that look like? And what does that embody that? And so when I do the visualization, it's really connecting to that energy of this is the life I get to create, right? Mm -hmm. So visualizing, you know, what that looks like. And the M in there is for meditate. So I'll spend some time um, meditating as well. And so sometimes that's just like eight minutes, you know, sometimes it's, you know, 20 minutes. So just spending some time um, in that quiet space, because for me, that's one of the ways in which I can ground because otherwise I'm, you know, like I'm kind of like off to the, you know, running. And then P is for practice for me, practice as if. And so this is really fun. It's, it's a really fun exercise for 33 seconds. So I set my timer for 33 seconds and I act as if I've already achieved all the things that I'm creating. <laughs> and it looks kind of silly, but if you want to do this and your listeners, okay, you still be doing this while you're driving, but literally you set your timer for 33 seconds and you get into the emotional state of, okay, let's say one of your targets is to publish your book or to be on this magazine article or to, you know, donate 15 pounds to the universe or whatever it might be from personal to professional, maybe that's being on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I, I don't care. Like, whatever that is, imagine as if you've already created it. And what would you feel like? What would you be like? You know, I'm guessing you probably would be like, oh, yeah, so I'm on the Oprah show. Right? Like, no. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yes. <gasps> oh my gosh, this is happening, right? So for 33 seconds, you get yourself into that vibrational alignment of acting as if. And a lot of times yeah. I'm jumping around screaming in total <laughs> excitement and ecstatic, you know, but it's so much fun. And if you've ever done it, like it just like just brings in this like whoosh, this energy is like whoosh, and it's like right yeah. there, right? And then where was I at? And then A is practice. Yeah. A is for activity. You know, what am I doing to keep my body moving? You know, and I do this really kind of funny, like about five minute, four to five minute exercise in the morning. So I took like three things and put it into one movement. So it kind of looks like I'm having a seizure standing up, but it's engaging my core of my body. It's 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 opening up my heart chakra. It's it's giving me like a little bit of a workout. Like it's so fantastic. But again, it's Terry creation. So it does look um a little off for a lot of folks. <laughs> and then and then the C stands for connecting to my inner power. Like oftentimes I'll stand in front of my vision board and I kind of just stand in my power pose, either, you know, arms up to the, the world and just 
asking to receive or kind of hands on the hip and saying, okay, I'm here, let's do this. You know, like, what do we get to create? Just standing and just owning your power. And then the last one is the T and that's for train. So what am I going to learn today? What am I, for me, I'm a book on CD chick. So I drive around with books on CDs, but I also, you know, may just open a book and just read a page or a couple pages or, you know, jot down notes. So I'm always constantly, you know, engaging my brain in some sort of learning. Yeah, that is fantastic. That that covers all the morning routines. You got meditation in there. You got gratitude, moving yeah. the body. Uh, it really does start the night before because you got to set um, set your intentions for the next morning. So that yeah. that's that's powerful. You mentioned something that I, I think I know what it means, but I'm I'm seeking clarification. You said something about donating fifteen pounds to the universe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I have a hard time saying like losing weight because whenever we lose something, what do we want to do? We want to go find it, right? So if I lose my keys, I want to go find my keys, right? And so a lot of times people will say with with like weight loss, they'll be like, "I, I, I want to lose 15 pounds. Well, when I say I want, want is a lacking word. The universe doesn't really recognize that. So it says like, I want 15 pounds. And then, so then we say, I want to lose 15 pounds. And like the universe, or then we're saying... We want to lose them. But a lot of times energetically, it's like, well, when I lose something, I want to go find it. So I started saying in years, uh, a while back, I'm like, we're just going to donate this. We're just going to donate this weight. We're just going to donate whatever that might be. You know, um, I also joke that like, um, I, I stopped watching media, the news, I don't know, about 19 years ago. And I said, you know, as soon as I did that, I, I mean, as soon as I made the choice to stop listening to the news, like I donated like 15 pounds of negativity, just like that. Like it changed my life, right? So just think about like, you know, when we're done with something, you know, we just want to donate it. We want to donate That's it. That's true. Use it, right? Because there are some, you know, children in this world that need more weight on their bodies, you know? And so I'm just going to donate the energy <laughs> for the folks that do need it, right? And, yeah. Uh, and uh, donate it back, so. I like it. I imagine that's where that's what you meant because we're talking about subconscious and the power of our words and we don't want to yeah. say losing weight and so I I thought that's where you were going with but I had to confirm yeah, <laughs> because I've it. never heard it that way before. Yeah, we're just donating. We're just donating, you know. Donating ex- uh, weight, donating excess weight. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> this is fantastic. Um how do we connect with you? Where can we find you? Yeah, the best way is to, to reach out and connect with me on my um, website. It's talkingwithterry.com. You'll find all my social media places. So you can just come and check us out. I am offering a free webinar. So for folks that want to come and check out some mindset hacks, come check out the free webinar as well. Um, there is a pop-up on the website right there. It makes it really easy for you. And then also just come and check out the podcast. It's Talking With Terry. Um, we've had your you on there. So yeah. Come and check her video. I don't know if it's launched yet or not. I think it. Yeah, I'll have to find out when it's launched. But you're, she's on there and she's sharing so much yummy information. So you have to come and check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Terry. She is fantastic. I mean, I heart her so much. The things that she talks about resonating in alignment with what we teach here at Best Morning Routine, finding your purpose, finding the principles to keep that purpose in alignment and showing up every morning. And so it's been a joy having you, Terry. Thank you for your time today. Of course. And I have to share this with you because I started making a love list of guests that I've had on my show and you're one of them on there. I was like, I love, so, you know, (laughs) people say, who do you love? I'm like, here's my peeps. So you made the love list. 
<laughs> I am excited as you have made mine clearly. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Terry. It's been a joy having you on here. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. You too. Well, all right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.